You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. Now that we're actually recording, let's get started on episode 340 of the A Foreign Affair podcast. Uh, I am Edward Green. Unfortunately, for the first time in a while, not joined as always by McCollum Crime Wes Bradshaw. Um, don't you worry, folks. Wes will be uh, chiming in with a, uh, a much-needed uh, edition of Anfield Corner. Uh, before the end of today's episode. Uh, I'm still going to run you through the weekend that was in the Premier League. We'll do a quick wrap of that. Um, We haven't really talked about Europa League, so we will very briefly touch on that as well and then hit a few big news stories before closing out this week's pod. Uh, As always, this podcast is presented by NGSC Sports and NGSCSports.com. We never stop. So let's get right into it. Uh, There was a Friday doubleheader this past weekend. Uh, The first one featuring Burnley and Brighton and Hove. That one ended nil-nil. You'll just have to trust us that the match match actually happened. Um, The second match that day was Newcastle versus Southampton. And the Saints came away with the 2-0 victory there. uh, Getting on pretty well in their first match without Danny Ings, uh, Che Adams, and Stuart Armstrong with goals. Um, just about seven minutes after the game started and before the game ended. So good good symmetry there. Uh, on Saturday, your results were Manchester United 3, Everton 1. Um, in a battle of teams that were suddenly struggling, uh, United come out on top of this one after Everton took the early lead through Bernard. It was a Bruno Fernandes brace just about 10 minutes later that sealed the win for United. Edinson Cavani also picked up a goal in this one. I believe this is his first goal. Yeah, this is his first goal for Manchester United in the Premier League. So... Big moment, I guess. Um, as we move on, Palace blitzes leads 4-1. Um, Patrick Bamford, the only one on the score sheet for Marcelo Bielsa's men. Um, but Palace and the Eagles coming to play um, on this day. Uh, Scott Dan with the goal to get things started in the 12th minute for Palace. Uh, similar 4-1 scoreline uh, in Sheffield United versus Chelsea. Uh, David McGoldrick had Sheffield United up in the first 10 minutes of the match, but the lead was not to last. As a cavalcade of of scarred stars, we'll call them, uh, including Tammy Abraham, Ben Chilwell, Thiago Silva, and Timo Werner getting on the score sheet for Chelsea. Uh, I want to say, and because NBC's website sucks... Uh, I believe that's Tiago. Yep, that's Tiago Silva's first goal for Chelsea in the Premier League. So a round of first this past weekend. 
Um, but poor Sheffield United. Oh, poor Sheffield United. They're in a world of trouble. Um, West Ham with a good 1-0 victory at home over Fulham. Coming in the final moments through Thomas Susek uh, as they get the win there. Uh, Tottenham with a very important 1-0 victory over West Brom. Harry Kane with a decisive header there. Uh, someone pointed out that is three straight Premier League matches for Spurs. One on headers by their big three, one by Bale, one from Youngman's son, and one now from Harry Kane. Uh, I believe this is uh, Kane's 800,000th goal he's participated in for Spurs this season. So good to see him getting off to such a good start. Um, see, this is what happens. When you don't start the Premier League in August, Kane doesn't have to get off to a slow start. The guy pointing at his head a thinking emoji, or a thinking meme. Yeah, can't have a slow start in August if the Premier League doesn't start in August. Just saying. Um, so yeah, Tottenham, though, very important win to get past West Brom. Uh, Leicester, big win for them. A 1-0 victory over Wolves. Jamie Vardy, the scorer there. Um, Liverpool and Man City share the spoils at the Etihad 1-1. Uh, Gabriel Jesus, uh, the equalizer for City just after the half-hour mark. Uh, can't see not Mo Salah's early goal there. Uh, City, though, missing a chance uh, through Kevin De Bruyne's missed penalty. Uh, that could have given them a potential win against Liverpool and made this race really exciting. As it is, it's just quite exciting right now through uh, match week eight. And then finally, to round things off, Aston Villa pummels Arsenal 3-0. Um, yeah, Villa, Villa look like they might sort of be for real. Um, as long as Ollie Watkins keeps doing what he does, a three-minute brace, 20 minutes from uh, the end of the match, was enough to seal it for the Villains. Uh, great stuff there as Mikel Arteta still trying to figure out this team. Um, so that brings us to the end of the week that was. Uh, as, as we mentioned last time, no Premier League right now because the international break is ongoing. Um, but when we come back to the Premier League, it's going to be a big Saturday of football as of right now, um, including what starts to be a very, very tough run for, for Tottenham, um, which, again, I I would really like to be able to click that. Oh, well. Um, Tottenham are about to run a gauntlet, if I can get it up here, of... <laughs> this is just Premier League. Uh, Man City, Chelsea, Arsenal, Palace, Liverpool, Leicester, and Wolves. That, that takes them from... Uh, when we come back next week to almost the end of December. And yes, if you're if you're keeping track, um, even if we, we don't include Wolves, we'll include Man City, Chelsea, Arsenal, Palace, Liverpool, and, uh, and Leicester. That's six matches in the span of less than a month against five of probably the t- ten best teams in the Premier League right now. It's going to be a busy stretch for Tottenham as they're also playing, of course, uh, in the League Cup. I don't remember when that comes back, but that'll come back at some point, as well as Europa League. So, point of reckoning for Tottenham Hotspur. And again, that starts off with their match against Man City coming up. 
Um, also a big match, though, that week is Leicester versus Liverpool. And we'll get to why that's such a big match coming up here in just a moment. But again, that's not this weekend. That will be next weekend. So why is that Leicester-Liverpool match so important? Because they are first and third currently in the Premier League table. Um, Leicester, with their win, currently sit at 18 points through eight weeks of play. Uh, Tottenham and Liverpool both level at 17 points. Spurs with their uh, their mass destruction of United a few weeks ago and Liverpool losing badly to Aston Villa is the reason for a wide gap in the goal differential. But uh, nonetheless, Tottenham do sit in second place. Uh, Southampton just behind in fourth place. Chelsea and Villa in fifth and sixth respectively. Uh, Villa, it should be noted, do still have a match in hand. It is Man City, but... Yeah, maybe they can beat Man City, so so not to be trifled with there. Uh, Everton have now fallen hard. They're in 7th uh, on 13 points along with Palace and Wolves. Man City and Arsenal are in the midpoint of the table, 10th and 11th, with 12 points apiece. At the bottom of your heart, the relegation zone, Fulham, have managed to climb out. They are on 4 points. West Brom are in there with 3 points. Burnley, 19th. With two points, Sheffield United, with just the one draw, are on one point. Um, these teams, uh, including Brighton, are going to really need to pick up the face fast. Because if you think about it, right now, Leicester in first to Leeds in 15th is an eight-point gap. The, lead, the, the difference from Leeds to West Brom is seven. That's, so the gap from 1st to 15th is one point more than 15th to 18th. There's a lot of teams up there that can that are going to be jockeying for positions and will be shaken out over time. But those teams at the bottom need to start picking up points in a hurry. Um, so that is all for our Premier League talk, though. A quick look at Europa. Arsenal doing fine there. They're on nine points in top group B. Leicester also on nine points, top group G. And then Tottenham, who I did have a bit of a stumble against uh, Antwerp, um, where they lost 1-0, are on six points. And through head-to-head goal differences amongst the other two teams in their group who are on six points, Tottenham do sit currently in first place. And if they manage to get a win in their next Europa League match against currently winless Ludens Cough Drops, Ludogorets Rosgrad, um, Tottenham would be in a very good spot to take one of those top two spots. So, um, yeah, win there and, um, and their chances of advancing start to become a little bit better. Uh, but still in very good position overall. So that's your Europa League match uh, recaps. We're now going to hit the news and notes. Um, Wes will be talking a little bit more about this one. Um, uh, we didn't we didn't mention it, but Trent Alexander-Arnold picked up an injury. He could be out about a month. And then today, literally like three hours from when I recorded this, uh, news came out that uh, Joe Gomez suffered a knee injury in training with England ahead of their match on Thursday. This was reported by a bunch of different places, but I'm picking this one from the uh, NBC Sports report on it. Um, the interesting thing is, uh, I, and it's not actually in this article, but I knew it was in a different one. Uh, Southgate, Gareth Southgate, the manager for England mentioned that he didn't see anyone around Gomez when the injury happened. So 
that's kind of not great because that means something just kind of popped on its own which is never good um but he also added uh he was in a lot of pain um they'll have to wait and see what the scans say but it is not a good situation um we are hoping praying is not going to be a long-term injury but we just have to see um so yeah that entire like back line at liverpool is just gone um so again wes i'm sure we'll have more about that in anfield corner um another injury bit of news uh christian pulisic uh has left u.s men's national team camp uh to head back to try and get healthy for chelsea uh, so unfortunately he will not be able to play against wales this week um disappointing I'm sure for him, just trying to at some point get healthy and stay healthy. Um, other news and notes. Um, the Premier League pay-per-view match saga is likely to end as per The Athletic. Uh, that looks like that is going to be scrapped after these this last batch of matches. So, uh, yeah, the, the supporters groups won. They, they won't be doing that anymore. Um, uh, as for that England-Iceland match, uh, that's for the Nations League. That could actually get moved from Wembley to Albania because of uh, the the recent ban that uh, the that England had to do uh, when as they're going back into a second lockdown for over COVID nineteen. So we'll we'll uh, see because Iceland wouldn't actually potentially be able to get into the country. So maybe maybe they'll be able to go to Albania. Whew! Oh boy, that is a. Super interesting. And then, uh, yeah, I'm not even touching that story. Greg Clark's an asshole. He's out as FA chairman. There you go. Um, so that's going to do it for my part. Now let's head over to Wes Bradshaw's side of the world and hit up Anfield Corner. Wes, my friend, take it away. Hey, guys, it's Wes Bradshaw, and this is... Anfield Corner. We're bringing it back because I'm out of town. And where where am I out of town? Uh, folks, right now I am driving through the hometown of my personal favorite musician of all time, the great Waylon Jennings. I'm in a little town called Littlefield, Texas, behind the wheel and I'm about to hit Interstate, uh, is this Interstate or Texas Highway 84? I don't know. Anyway, I'm going to be heading east on, I believe it's 84 or 86, one or the other, folks. I'm, I'm, I'm getting back to where I need to go, I know that much. But it's 84, that's it. So here's what I can tell you about uh, Highway 84. It's a, it's a desolate uh, piece of driving. I think it's US 84. We'll go with that. It's a desolate piece of earth. Cows and open fields and oil derricks and all those things. Well, my God, the only thing I can think that's more desolate right now is Liverpool's back line. Not only, of course, as we've covered in ad nauseum, uh, the injury to Virgil van Dyke, which happened at this point. God, it feels like an eternity ago. I guess it's maybe been about a month. I don't know the way the the way the football calendar moves this year. It seems like so much has happened in such a little time. But I believe it's been about a month. Uh, no Virgil Van Dyke in the Manchester City Liverpool match from over the weekend, which we'll uh, we'll touch on that here in a few minutes. 
Um, Trent Alexander-Arnold hobbled off near the end of that one. We get back, he's probably going to miss the next five, six matches. Of course, out of England duty. So that sucks ass. Down Trent, down Virgil. And then it comes across from England training that Joe Gomez has suffered a non-contact knee injury, which they're always the worst because that's usually where things tear when no one's around you to touch you. Unless you're Virgil where you get, you know, assaulted by miniature T-Rex and tear your ACL. Uh, luckily, he has had surgery. Joe Gomez has had surgery. It was not a torn ACL, but it was a severe knee injury and they have not ruled him out for the rest of the season but if we see joe gomez back in this season it's going to be late late in the run-in <sighs> so as you guys know i'm not going to hold my breath so there we go the hits just keep coming for the defending premier league champions and the six-time champions of europe Yes, the football gods, they're, they're still pissed off at us. And, of course, Barr still hates our guns. Um, yeah, I think everybody's pissed off at us for that, uh, that whole idea about the uh, redoing the Premier League and whatever. Um, yeah, it has is, it is obviously been a, a difficult little stretch here for Liverpool. And uh, now, when you look at that back line, Joel Matip leads the line, as long as he doesn't trip and fall down on the way to practice and miss a month himself. Our other two recognized center backs are Reese Williams, who's played, I believe, three European matches now. And God, all of a sudden can't remember. He may have popped in near the end of that City-Liverpool match. He may have played the Premier League at this point. I, I can't even tell you. And, of course, then we have Nat Phillips, who had the great showing against West Ham. So basically, Joel Matip, who is hurt literally all the time, and two guys who between them I think have maybe five, six appearances for Liverpool all time. That's all competitions. And then we have Fabinho, who we can we can drop Fab in there and that may have to be a thing. Who knows, but in, in two weeks, Fabinho may be our lead center back for all I know. Jesus, take the wheel because I, I, I just don't know what's happening at this point. A lot of this can be traced back to, um, you know, the, the fact that everything is so crammed together this year due to COVID. It's not the virus that's messing us up too bad, even though we did lose Sadio for a few weeks for that. We lost Sadio Mane for that. But it's the effects of the virus on the football calendar, where having to move Euro 2021 back to the summer, or Euro 2020 back to the summer of 2021, everything still has to be done on schedule, but then we all started late. You know, the season started nearly a month later than it usually does. And you're cramming Europe in there. And, of course, we've got to play the FA Cup and the League Cup. And by all means, we've got to play those. Um, and uh, you know, numerically, there has been a rise around the all of Europe in muscular injuries. And, unfortunately for Liverpool, they are 
they're just unfortunately on the wrong end of some of them right now. Um, and Gareth Southgate's defense, he you know, he gave the guys who had played European football, he gave them an extra day off before bringing them in to train for England. And unfortunately, this is just kind of what happened. So, yeah, so uh, Liverpool now without, as we said, without Virgil van Dyke, without Joe Gomez, without Trent Alexander-Arnold, three of, uh, three of the four that vaunted Liverpool back line that's been so good the last few years. Um, So, going forward, it is, it is definitely going to be a sight to see what Liverpool decide to do. Are they going to persist with the high line uh, when you've lost the two guys who are kind of the the keys to being able to do the high line? Um, Do they drop back a little bit? What does this mean going forward? Are we we back on the way to shootouts galore? (laughs) I just don't know. But the thing is, what's, what's really crazy about this season in the Premier League is all these all these injuries to Liverpool. Liverpool have all these injuries, and you still can't count them out of the title race because no one, all, all the other teams, no one seems to want to jump up there and take control of anything. So as it stands right now, Liverpool are still near top of the table. Um, now with those those guys out, obviously it's gonna it's gonna be a massive adjustment. It's gonna be something really different. Liverpool going forward, but you know, right now Liverpool are third in the table, uh, joint second on points. Tottenham have a greater goal differential and one behind Leicester, who, by the way, coming out of the uh, coming out of the international break, Liverpool play, they turn right around and play Leicester. So uh, next, yikes, uh, next few Premier League matches well, uh, for Liverpool, they've got Leicester coming up. Let's take a quick look at the old pool there. Uh, Le- Leicester, Atalanta, and Brighton are the three the week that we come back. Uh, then Ajax, Wolves, and then we get into getting uh, in December. Ajax, Wolves, Midgetland, Fulham, uh, the all-new sports show slash foreign affair podcast, Derby, Liverpool, Tottenham, scheduled for the 16th, and then Palace, West Brom, Newcastle. So maybe... Fortunately for Liverpool, not a murderer's row in the Premier League. Uh, Tottenham in there, obviously. And once again, Leicester when they come back. Um, Not a murderer's row until you at least get Trent back. And then it it begs the question, what do Liverpool do in January? January, a notoriously tough time to try to buy players and get any sort of value. Uh, Liverpool under Klopp and Michael Edwards have steadfastly not done very much business in January. Of course, the glaring of, uh, note to that was the Virgil van Dyke deal. Of course, that had been one that probably would have gotten done during the summer if other things hadn't come up. And here we are now a few years later, and we're once again in dire need of a center back. So does that change Liverpool plans? Do they maybe potentially stump up the cash and get in early for Upa Meccano uh, from uh, RB Leipzig. That would be a that would be a big step for Liverpool. Of course, Upa Meccano, one of the 
highest rated young center backs in world football. That's definitely one for not only to get through the season, but that's one you're building the future around that young man. Um, you know, you got a group of Gomez, Upakamano, and then Van Dyke that kind of be the, I guess, the schoolmaster of that group. Wow, uh, that could, I mean, that could solidify Liverpool in the back for a decade to come. But also, he jumps right in because he's going to have a big job if he comes in. Or do they go maybe for a stopgap just try to get through the season? Uh, you know, maybe at that time you're looking at the table. Liverpool right now in a commanding lead in their group to go through into the European, the knockout stage of the Champions League. As we said, one point off the top of the Premier League right now. So everything is in play right now for the Reds. I don't think the FA Cup's going to be too high on the old agenda this year. I can go ahead and tell you that. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, just a quick look back. Liverpool, Man City from this past weekend, which now feels like ages ago with everything else that's happened. <clears throat> um, uh, let, me, let me get everything straight here. Um, the early... Jeez, uh, Louise, folks, I'm losing here. Here we go. Uh, the early penalty going to Liverpool. Mo Salah tucking that away. He got the penalty, then he finished the penalty. Uh, Gabriel Jesus who equalized later in the match and then kind of the moment of the match 42nd minute uh, Kevin De Bruyne steps up misses everything on a penalty that would have put City up 2-1 uh, it was another one of those uh, penalties given that was controversial another controversial bar decision um handball against uh, Joe Gomez was it a handball was it not a handball I don't even know at this point it's like, I can't keep up with it at this point so it just it goes how it goes um, so the handball given and De Bruyne misses the penalty kick um, <clears throat> was a really good first half of that match second half I think you're starting to see some of that uh, some of the exhaustion I think that's setting in especially on the top teams um, due to this schedule, and uh, it was it was a much more pedestrian second half from two teams that usually you expect when they're together it's going to be blood, thunder, and guts, and you didn't quite get that in the second half of this match, but at the end of the day, a point each for Liverpool, once again, like we said, leaves them in second, I'm sure it hits down the table, but Man City sitting at 10th uh, with a match in hand on the top. So that to definitely look for. <clears throat> you know, he had told me uh, he had given me a, a list of some things to talk about. You know, one of them was just well, whatever you find interesting. And this was before Joe Gomez's knee decided to explode on us. So uh, that's what I found very interesting was all the shit out of center backs. And as I look upon this desolate landscape on uh, U.S. Highway 84 between Littlefield and Lubbock, Texas, Lubbock, where I'm heading back to. <sighs> Look off into the horizon. I think of the Cowboys of yore and how, you know, when, when things got hard, and this is this is hard land, folks. I'm let you know this is hard land. When it got hard, the Cowboys, they just buckled down and they kept going because that's all they could do. And for Liverpool, Jurgen Klopp, and the boys. Who else but James Milner really just kind of brings on that Cowboy spirit? 
I can, I can definitely see Millie wearing some chaps, some stirrups, and a 10 gallon Stetson. Riding up and saying, all right, lads, let's saddle up and ride out. So uh, we're, go we're gonna ride, we're gonna ride. You gotta keep going, it's not like you can quit. Well, you can just give up on the season. Liverpool got to keep going. With it. Uh, seven weeks until that transfer, that winter transfer window opens. The Reds just got to find a way to survive, keep themselves in the conversation, keep themselves in the race, see if they can reinforce and see what happens. All right, folks, I'm going to mosey on down this road. And I'll be back with you guys next week. We'll be doing this the old-fashioned way next week, me and Ed, doing our thing, talking to you people. Hope you've enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed Texas this week. I know back home it's been raining a lot, I mean, a lot, flooding and everything back home. It's been absolutely stunning out here in old West Texas. 75-degree days. Sun, sun out just shining bright. All right, guys. Love you. We'll see you next week. This has been... Anfield Corner. Thank you for that, Wes. Um, can't wait to be back with you next week when we, I don't know, talk Nations League, I guess. That's fun, I suppose. But yeah, that will uh, now bring us to the end of today's podcast. Um, I mean, I guess I could do like a watch four, but I don't even know what I would do right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't talk to us about Letterkenny, so I'm not going to talk about Letterkenny other than the fact that it's still great. Um, yeah, it's a good show. Anyway, uh, so yes, that will bring us to the end of this edition of the Foreign Affair Podcast, episode 340. Um, Want to give one more thanks to NGSC Sports. Uh, you can find them on the social media as well as us. As a collective, we are at AFA Pod. Uh, Wes is at Wes Bradshaw 21 on the Twitters, and I am at Edward Green. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube via our parent show, The All New Sports Show, and you can email us at allnewsportshow at gmail.com. Thanks to our podcast providers, including podbean.com, Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Uh, so with that, that will do it for this week's episode of the AFA pod. Um, yeah, like I said, next week we'll, um, yeah, we'll talk about um, Nations League, I guess. And anything crazy that happens in friendlies. Maybe maybe we'll find out about England playing in Albania. See how that goes. Uh, so until next time, everyone, uh, stay safe out there um, and enjoy the football. It's not SEC football, though, or almost any other college football. Because... Ooh, they some dum-dums. They some big dum-dums. Big old dum-dums. And as I finish this out, Portugal just beat Andorra 7-0. Pretty sure that's not an issue. You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop.